0: So yesterday, there was a lot of trade speculation surrounded around Stefan Diggs, and I don't know who the original source of this instigator was, or I don't know who the original instigator of this speculation that happened yesterday was. I didn't see anything from Adam Schefter, Ian Rapoport, the big names you look to when it comes to roster moves in the NFL didn't see anything from them so I don't know who started this and I guess if we're reaching for stories content and doing this all for clickbait I guess if you're doing that it kind of makes sense to go with that when you consider last Sunday's embarrassing loss against the Bears where Stephon Diggs reportedly in the locker room was visibly frustrated and left without answering any questions from the media and then also recently he missed practice not injury related so it was personal and so you would imagine that Stefan Diggs is still pissed off which I totally get and I fully support him in being upset I totally get it and so I got a couple of tweets and people on Facebook saying hey have you seen this have you are we trading Stefan Diggs what are your thoughts on this and I basically said to myself that I'm not going to react to this until I see what's going on. And that was up until I saw a tweet by Josina Anderson of ESPN in which she said that essentially the Minnesota Vikings, they are not interested in trading Stefan Diggs, which is great, which is really, really great. I think I've done a good job of keeping my cool with this team and not overreacting and getting riled up like I normally do. But I tell you what, if you trade Stefan Diggs, that crosses the line and I will raise All holy hell. Any of our star players, I will raise all holy hell. If you let them go. So they're they're not trading him, which is great. But just because the Vikings are not trading Stefan Diggs, it doesn't mean that he's still not pissed off. So I'm still going to keep a close eye on this situation. Hopefully he reports with the team that's ready to go to play the Giants this upcoming Sunday at MetLife. Which brings us to the purpose, the topic, the main topic of this podcast, of this video. Vikings versus Giants this Sunday On the road, your Minnesota Vikings. And I think we are looking at, if this were the Eli Manning Giants, this would be a two-minute podcast max. You're probably gonna get 10 interceptions. You'll win by 40 points. There's nothing to talk about. But however, this is a new look Giants team. Led by head coach, Pat Shermer, former 2017 Vikings offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I will say this, going back to the draft, I was one of the many people. I didn't make a video about this. I didn't do any. I don't think I made a tweet or anything about this at all, but I will fully admit I was one of the many people out there at the time of the draft that said, what the hell are you doing? Why are you drafting Daniel Jones? This doesn't make sense. What a reach. Kind of similar to when the Knicks drafted Kristaps Porzingis. Oh my God. How can you do that? You drafted a soft Euro and he turned out to be great. We don't know what Daniel Jones will turn out to be, but so far, through his first two starts of the season. They're now two and two. They're on a two-game two, two game win streak. They have the same record as the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Jones looks nice. He looks really, really nice. I fully admit that so far I was wrong in questioning Pat Shermer and the New York Giants, but he looks really nice And I thought the game that he had against Tampa was really impressive. The game he had against the Skins was not bad, but he had a couple of lumps out there. But either way, in both case scenarios, he kept his cool. He didn't overreact to the moment, whether he was winning really well against Tampa or maybe struggling a little bit against the Skins. Either way, he kept his calm. He kept his demeanor. He stayed strong in the pocket, looking to make plays. He has, I think he has an okay offensive line. But even when there's pressure, he's still looking to make plays down the field. And just when you finally say, okay, let's figure out this passing game. How can we stop it? Just when you say, okay, maybe we can figure it out out of nowhere he can take off with his legs he is sneaky fast with his legs and he doesn't he doesn't look like a guy that can run like you know how you can look at players or even if you're playing pickup ball or something you can just look at guys and tell if they're if they're athletic or if they're fast or not like for instance Taysom Hill with the New Orleans Saints he looks fast he looks athletic Stefan Diggs he looks fast Daniel Jones really doesn't look fast, but he can really, really, he can fool you because he can take off out of nowhere and really extend plays with his legs. He's sneaky fast, but he's not looking to take off with his legs, except in a last case or worst case scenario. Saquon Barkley, he's likely going to be out again. I saw a report. Pat Shermer, oh, my God, I'm not going to rule out Saquon Barkley. He's not going to play. But they have a pretty good replacement, a backup running back in Wayne Gallman, who I think is really talented. And I especially like his receiving abilities as a running back. And then also he has two receiving weapons in Sterling Shepard. I like him a lot. But also Evan Ingram, their tight end, who's really taken the league on by storm, I feel, this year. And then also they're adding Golden Tate, to that mix. So those are three receiving weapons, not including Wayne Gallman. So I guess what I'm saying is the theme of the game for this situation, if the Vikings are going to win this game, it's very simple. Just do your damn jobs. Do your jobs. We struggle against running against mobile quarterbacks, running quarterbacks, as well as tight ends. And I don't think that's going to change at all. So hopefully we can at least try to, we're not going to shut down Evan Ingram, but I hope we can at least minimize the damage from him. When Daniel Jones, if he decides to take off with his legs, I don't think there's anything we can do about it. Maybe just have a spy, Eric Wilson or Anthony Barr, whoever's going to be out there, just be ready for him and just do the best that you can, quite honestly, but just do your jobs on defense. Don't have Anthony Barr lined up on Wayne Gallman. I can't believe we're still having this conversation last year against the Rams where he gave up a receiving touchdown to Todd Gurley or this past Sunday, he was lined up against Tariq Cohen. And I don't understand why Mike Zimmer continues to do this, because Anthony Barr is going to get burnt every single time against legit receiving running backs. So if you line him up against Wayne Gallman, do not be surprised if he eats Anthony Barr's lunch every single time, every single play where Anthony Barr is lined up on him. And then also on defense, sticking with defense, Stop playing soft ass coverage on third and short, fourth and short, fourth and whatever. Stop playing soft coverage. I can't believe all season long we've been playing five, six, seven yards off of the receivers the cornerbacks have on third and short. And then you can't be surprised when they convert for the first down and extend their possession for more drives for the opposing offenses. And then going to the Vikings' offense, the Giants' defense, they're one of the worst in the league. But I don't, I don't think their defensive line is all that bad. I mean, they're they're kind of okay, but they're nothing to raise hell about. It's after that, the second level and the secondary where they 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 really just suck ass out there. So there's nothing behind the defensive line. However, I expect Dalvin Cook to get like four thousand yards rushing, and I would imagine that after Adam Thielen called out Kirk Cousins in the passing game, and quite honestly, be in lieu of that, in conjunction with that. Also called out the coaching staff saying we can't rush the ball 40 million times. Adam Thielen was pissed off and Stephon Diggs was pissed off. I would imagine that you're going to try to get your star receivers involved. And Kirk Cousins just don't look like a jackass out there, bro. Don't soil yourself. But at this point, I can't say whether he will or he won't because I have no prediction on this game. I'm not going to make a prediction on this game at all because I have no idea what's going to happen. If this was at U.S. Bank Stadium, I would say, okay, you should be able to squeeze a victory. But it's on the road against a decent team from what we've seen from the new the new look New York Giants the last two weeks, so it's on the road and against a decent team. And Mike Zimmer, we know how he does against the road or on the road against decent teams. And it's funny because I saw, I think Chris Tomasin, I think he's with the Star Tribune. I'm, I apologize if I'm incorrect with that, but he tweeted out uh, Mike Zimmer talked about talked to the media and said, "I know that there's people jumping off the bandwagon, but you got to remember, two years ago in 2017, we started out uh, two and two before finishing 13 and three. and If that's your argument, Mike Zimmer, where you're using historical references in regards to the previous records instead of talking about the problems right now, what is this, a Disney story? God, just stop with that crap. Let's talk about what's wrong right now. You do a better job performing in front of the media instead of performing on the sidelines as a head coach against actual decent to quality teams in the National Football League. Play better, coach better, and you should get the win. But I have no idea. I'm not going to expect anything. We'll see what happens. We do this three times a week. Mediocre at Best Sports Podcast with Realistic Randy. Extended audio podcast this week. I will be talking about Vontez Berfic, who got suspended for the year. He should be banned from the NFL for life. But I'll talk about that. I'll react to that. Also, the Fair Pay to Play Act for collegiate student-athletes in california that's taking effect i believe in 2023 i'll react to that as well you can find the link to the audio extended audio podcast on soundcloud you can find the link to that podcast in the description of this video you can catch me on twitter at realistic underscore randy you can catch me on facebook at realistic randy i will react to the results of the vikings giants game on monday on this channel so enjoy the game folks we'll see you then audio podcast. We are back, baby. My apologies. I know it's been out for a while as far as additional segments on top of the Minnesota Vikings segments that I do. But, you know, leaving Score North and all that stuff, it was a little bit of a hectic situation trying to figure out how am I going to go about this now. So anyway, figured it out. Everything's been resolved. I can't wait to continue this process. I want to thank all those that have been listening, whether it's on iTunes or SoundCloud. I definitely appreciate it. So I'm going to talk about this guy who I've been saying for years now should be banned from the league. Vontaze Berfic after taking a cheap shot a blatant cheap shot to Colts tight end Jack Doyle he has been suspended for the year he's probably going to appeal it and it may get reduced a couple of games and I would say that I couldn't be happier but I could because I think he should be banned from the league I saw this got reported I think it was by ESPN that based on the amount of suspensions and fines that he's faced he's been fined about half a million dollars in his career but also because of being suspended the amount of suspended games that he has had the missed game checks during those suspensions he has lost a total somewhere close to five million dollars in missed game checks so you combine that with the fines that he's had in his career that's five and a half million dollars and you would think that after missing out on let's say for me let's say if I'm playing football and I miss out on a hundred grand or 250 grand I would say you know what I should probably get myself together because I don't want to lose any more money are you serious right now but Vontes Burfik has shown you throughout his career that he doesn't give a rat's ass and we can talk about the NFL and I think we have to give the NFL some credit. Because whether it's they're doing it for PR and all that other stuff, I think they're at least taking the steps necessary to at least limit the or minimize the chances of player A and player B getting stretched off of a cart and going to an ambulance or in hospital. I think they're doing a good job of trying to keep the players safe. And But no matter what, football in and of itself is always going to be a dangerous sport. But when you add on top of that players like this, Vontez Berfick, that doesn't give a damn, it makes the sport even more dangerous. And that's why my son, he's nine and a half months old. And I will not let him play football at all. And I'm not a hypocrite or anything. I will watch the sport. Any player that's out there that's willing to put themselves on the line for the sport of football, good for you, because I will watch. It is the most entertaining sport in America. And I don't I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't think it's really close. I like basketball a lot. But when it comes to football, it's just different. It really, really is. But with that said, I'm not letting my son, my nine and a half month old son play football. I'm going to educate him on the sport as in the dangers of it, the physical dangers of it, but also the business side as well. You compare for how much these players put their bodies on the line. You would think that they would be treated a lot better, both in compensation and in securities. And they get none of that compared to the other professional athletes out there, baseball and basketball. Let's say you sign a $200 million contract in basketball right and you tear your acl in the first game of the season well that 200 million dollars that you sign is yours you are getting all of that whether you return from your injury or not whereas football there's only so many guarantees that you have he signed 400 a 400 million dollar contract but only like 10 dollars is guaranteed so if you tear your acl they can cut you and not give a damn that brings me to the steelers where ryan shazier he went through that unfortunate injury but the steelers they still pay him his salary so that was really really cool and I really respect that but NFL teams they may not necessarily do that as the norm but Tez Berfic is one of those guys that just shows that he doesn't care and what really frustrates me about not just Vontez Berfic beyond Berfic beyond the sport of football just in life I hate when people people in life just go out of their way to do stupid stuff and then have the nerve to look up and say, what did I do? What are you upset with me for? I don't understand. Why are you guys coming after me? This is outrageous. I'm being treated unfairly. Are you kidding me? And I saw that John Gruden and Derek Carr, they stuck up for Burfick and said, oh, it's not fair. You know, You should treat everyone else the same that's in these situations. I didn't think that the hit was all that bad. And I get where they're coming from in the sense that they are trying to protect their teammate there, or in the case of Gruden, he's trying to protect his players. I will disagree with that because vontes Perfect is a pompous ass. He is a jackass. And I get you're trying to protect your players, but at the same time, I saw how you really stood up for Antonio Brown despite all the dumbass stuff that he did. You remember that video that he posted on Instagram or Twitter, whatever that was, where he had recorded phone calls between himself and John Gruden. And then once it got put out, Gruden was asked about it, and he said, oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. No, you didn't. You're just trying to protect Antonio Brown because he's a great player. So I get what you're doing, but I'm not taking what you're saying seriously. Vontez Perfect should be banned from the league altogether. But because there are always players like that out there that still doesn't give a damn. My son is not playing football. I'm going to educate him on the sport. And if he decides that he wants to still play in high school, so no youth football, no pee wee football, none of that. But if he wants to play in high school and still with everything that I've shown him and educated him on, then so be it you are basically almost you're getting up there close in age you're almost going to be an adult legally speaking close to 18 if this is what you want to do then go ahead and do that but Vontaze Perfect should absolutely be gone. how many chances can this guy get I mean seriously my god there should be a cap limit or something it's just so ridiculous because now you have players The sport is already dangerous, but then when you're going up against before the Cincinnati Bengals or now the Oakland Raiders and Vontaze Berfic is on the field, it raises the level of dangers to a whole new element. And he doesn't care about losing money. He doesn't care about suspensions. He doesn't care at all, but just being a royal jackass on the field. So I'm done with him. It's whatever. I don't want him on my team. And it's funny because when the Raiders played the Vikings, when they came to US Bank Stadium, Dalvin Cook ran the ball let's say and I think this was on the double R play of the game that I did where he did like a juke left twice and then before doing a right juke and he gained let's say 12 to 15 yards and at the end of that play, Brefrick was throwing punches. He was trying to throw punches at Dalvin Cook because I guess he was frustrated that his defense couldn't stop Dalvin Cook at all. He's just a childish, a childish jackass. He should be gone. The sport doesn't need him. Move on. We'll see what happens with that. The next last topic we'll talk about is California's new Fair Pay to Play Act. I think it's amazing. I love it. I said this years ago because when I first started doing this podcast, I used to do Vikings, but all sports. So I think I'm starting to get into that a little bit more now. But when I first started, I really didn't have a sense of direction. Now it's obviously 99% Vikings talk. But I before what I would do, I used to talk about this before. I remember I did a segment about this where I said college players should be paid. I don't think that they should be paid paid directly from the schools i don't believe that at all because then you're putting teams like usc and let's say alabama or texas teams with a whole bleep ton of boosters and all that stuff you're giving them more power to be the new york yankees of college football to where they can get or in basketball let's say kentucky or yukon or whatever you're giving those schools that have more resources more power to get the majority of talent i don't think that's fair at all but i do think it's fair that if some player wants to go out and use his likeness to get a commercial with Gatorade or he wants to get paid by Geico or something like that for his likeness, who cares? What is the point? I think the NCAA is just full of a bunch of hypocrites that will take all the money off of jersey sales, merchandise, all that fun stuff, ticket sales, but yet when it comes to players getting outside money, money that they're not even saying, hey, you're making all this money off of me, let me get a share of it. They're saying, you know what, I'll go outside somewhere and do a commercial, be a a spokesperson for XYZ company, a mom and pop sandwich shop down the street. Okay, fine. And the NCAA is like, no, you cannot do that. That is totally unfair. Like, shut up. What is wrong with players going out and getting money off of their likeness? Where is the problem at? What is it? I don't care. And I don't think this is giving an advantage to the bigger schools when it comes to getting outside money away from the NCAA, because let's say Middle Tennessee State, or let's say uh, Memphis or something like that, some small school that's not really in a powerhouse conference or something like that, let's say that. You're the only, let's say you're a top athlete, you're a star athlete, and you go to a super small school to where you can monopolize the entire market because you're the only athlete worth a damn that's worth investing in. So I don't think it puts the smaller schools at a disadvantage either, but so far, I don't think this is going into effect until 2023, if I'm not mistaken, so it gives the NCAA time to prepare for it, but at this point, because California started this, you're going to have to follow suit across the rest of the nation because suddenly if I'm an athlete, whether regardless of the sport, if I'm a college athlete or getting ready to be a college athlete coming out of high school, You better believe I'm joining the Pac-12, baby. Oh, we're UCLA, USC, Stanford, here I come. Oh, uh, uh, Cal, uh, University of California out in Berkeley. Oh, here I come, baby. Let's load up now because, yes, uh, otherwise, this whole, oh, play for the spirit of the organization and you're getting a free college scholarship and all that other, man, get out of my face. They should be able to make money. Non-college athletes, right? I went to college. I went out and got a job. I got paid. Why can't these players, why can't these student athletes do this same damn thing? And I just don't understand anybody that opposes this. We're not talking about schools paying the athletes directly because I don't think that's good at all. I think it would make it completely unbalanced. But if a guy wants to go out or a volleyball player, a volleyball girl or a swimmer wants to go out and just make some money, and say, hey, I play for this school. I'm a pretty damn good star. Go ahead and give me money. What's the problem? Where's the problem with that? What is the problem? NCAA, the fat cats over there, you keep your money. You're not losing a dime. What's the problem? Everybody's happy. They're making your school money. They're making the NCAA money. The players, they're going to be making money, and they're they're rising their level of scouting to be able to, let's say if it's football or basketball or whatever sport that qualifies baseball to raise their stock to be able to go to the next level. Everybody wins. What's the problem? Stop being all pissed off for no reason because it is fake outrage to be mad at this. I hope it happens across the rest of the nation for all college athletes everywhere because they deserve to get paid because they are bringing in so much damn money for the NCAA. We do this three times a week. Mediocre Best Sports Podcast with Realistic Randy. Check me out on Twitter at Realistic underscore Randy. Facebook at Realistic Randy. Again, we will check out, we will review the outcome of the Vikings versus Giants game on Sunday. Well, that game is on Sunday, but we will review it on Monday. We'll see you then. Enjoy the game, folks.